Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with University of Illinois Extension, coming at you from Macomb, Illinois. And we have got a spooky show today. It's our Halloween episode. We do it every year. And uh, we dress up as something uh, spooky or maybe plant related, horticultural related. And you know, of course, I'm not going to do this by myself. I am joined, as always, by horticulture educator Ken Johnson in Jacksonville. Hey, Ken. Hello, Chris. Looks oh, a little my, different today. Oh my goodness, Ken! What? You're like a you're like a Thor with some type of a like a headpiece or a mask or something. <laughs> it's supposed to be an ant. Got my eyes right here. My little antenna. Mm-hmm. My mandibles. My ocelli. Wait, Man. what? What is the what is the uh, cell eye? Was your three simple eyes? So oh. I think the purpose is exactly known, but I think it's kind of for orientation to light intensity. So uh-huh. see with your compound eyes, and then your cell eye are for orientation. Is one oh, thought. We, humans could use stuff like that, but I, I I mean I guess I'm I'm happy that I'm not an ant technically, but <laughs> yeah. Mask smushing my glasses into my face. Well, that's why you should have, you know, you could have gone with a costume like this. I mean, I am I'm dressed as my rubber tree, so um, that's 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 me right here. Um, just a rubber tree today, so uh, yeah, looking good. Thank you, thank you. Um, yep, it's nice not having to like do your hair or anything like that. So (laughs) I wish my mid vein. My mid vein kind of looks like a frowny face, so I, I, I apologize about that on my my leaf. But I am smiling, smiling on the inside, on the inside, <laughs> as all plants do. Speaking of plants, Ken, today for this spooky Halloween episode, we are talking about plants. Have, kind of want to, maybe they have it out for us. I don't know, but um, they they're not safe. They're deadly. They want to kill you. So. Um, we're going to go over a list of plants today, folks, that have some deadly uh, characteristics uh, to themselves. And and before we dive into this topic, we just want to remind you that we're not offering any medical advice on this show. So if you just so happen to Google like poisonous plants after you've eaten some random berry, um, don't use this as a resource. <laughs> you can, you probably need to call poison control. And we can definitely leave that number and link down below or go to the ER, call your doctor, do something because we're not doctors. Well, Ken's a plant doctor, but no that's people doctors here. <laughs> no people doctors here. <laughs> it's just us, uh, just a rubber tree and an ant talking about uh, deadly plants. So, um, you know, I think I think we just have to make that statement up front. So, Ken, I think maybe just getting us started this week, I, I also want to maybe remind folks what are these deadly things. And and I don't you you've probably heard this quite a bit, right? Um, you know, people say, oh, I don't use chemicals. Um, chemicals are not natural. Uh, well, what what is the thing about chemicals, though, Ken? Chemicals are everywhere. It's plants everywhere. Have, plants have all kinds of chemicals that they've developed through the eons to protect themselves and to get rid of their predators or herbivores. So plants plants are chock full of chemicals. They're, That's right. They're using to protect themselves and you're eating them all the time. 
Yes. So we are basically just one big old chemistry experiment here of different chemicals reacting this way and that way. And, and that's life on this planet. We're all chemicals. So um, that's, that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today is, is basically these chemicals that plants use to protect themselves from herbivores, uh, you know, humans, pests, things like that, that want to take a bite out of their leaves. So, um, it, and we've even co-opted some of these chemicals. I mean, the dose really makes the poison, as you're going to find out today. Um, you know, for instance, when we look at the tobacco plant. Now, tobacco, I think we're all familiar with the fact that it's used to, you you harvest the leaves, you dry the leaves, and you can turn that into like cigarettes and and you, you can smoke that kind of thing. And that releases chemicals into your body, namely one known as nicotine. Now, nicotine for our brains has a reaction, but in the plant itself, it's actually a potent chemical defense against uh, herbivores or, or, you know, insects that might want to take a bite out of that leaf. And actually, I remember uh, in horticulture, you know, they, they use the tobacco plant as a lot of a, a good teaching tool for students about how plants defend themselves. Um, and even like tobacco growers, a way that they will actually uh, try to trigger more of that nicotine and the other chemicals that are within that tobacco leaf, they'll actually take a little clip and they'll clip out a little chunk of that tobacco leaf to stimulate that production because it it makes the plant think that it's being uh, eaten. And so it triggers that production of more nicotine and other chemicals in the leaf that when they harvest it, um, you can have higher levels of that. So uh, humans have figured a lot of this out and we, we use a lot of these things commercially. So I just want to keep that in mind. And, and if you're not a, a smoking fan, well, we can also look at coffee trees and things like that you know coffee is just an alkaloid that makes our heart beat faster so if you give enough your your heart's not it's gonna stop beating so <laughs> just keep that all in mind um so ken do you what plant uh would you like to kick us off with uh today for our spooky deadly plants <laughs> i think we'll start with doll's eyes uh so this is, is actually a native species of plant that we have it's a kind of a forest plant um, so it's grown in, you know, moist, typically moist uh, conditions, shaded conditions. Uh, and, and the eyes of the, or not the eyes, the reason it's called doll's eyes is because the berries on them are white. They have little black spots on them. So they look like old, uh, like porcelain doll eyes. Um, and all parts of the plant are toxic, but particularly the berries. Um, they contain cartagenic uh, toxins, uh, which cause... Um, basically the cardiac muscle, your cart muscles um, to, to kind of slow down and, and potentially stop. So if you ingest these, you have cardiac arrest or die. Um, and there's not a lot of animals that really eat these berries, actually, maybe any. Um, so this is one, if you've, you've got them growing, those berries will be on, you know, until frost and then they kind of fall off, but not, not much eats them because of that. And another name besides doll's eyes is baneberry, which may give an indication as to um, you know, it's poison, how poisonous it is and stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's one you can find and you can buy that in, in native plant catalogs uh, and things like that. So one, if you've got that, um, especially, especially if you have young kids, I would, I'll probably think twice about planting that one in your landscape, at least until they're older and they know better than to go out and, 
and pick stuff off plants and just eat it. Yes, not not the the berries can be very tempting for kids. And I I even have um we did a, a little like magnolia tree and, and magnolias have seed pods. They open up and they're like these bright red, they but they almost look uh like MMs or like a Skittle or something like that. They're they're that kind of uh shape, that pill shape. And I, you know, the kids would comment, but they'd be like, does it taste like M&Ms? And I'm like, no, He's like, <laughs> first of all, very often, and this is of, of course not always the case, but very often mother nature uses colors as warning signs. And red is a very, you know, obvious warning sign of don't touch me or don't eat me. And so um, it's a really good thing to, that, to teach kids. Now, this is, of course, not, this is just generalization. This is not uh, true in, in every case, but, you know, it's a really good idea to teach. If you have kids, grandkids, deal with kids, don't just go sticking everything in your mouth that you find outside. And um, of course, the really little ones, they 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 don't necessarily can learn that <laughs> they do, lesson. They do that anyway. <laughs> they do it anyway. That's just, it's how they learn about the world. So, um, but but just make sure that you don't have any doll's eyes around for them to chew on. And, you know, Ken, let me add one more. Now, this one is not necessarily like going to kill you, but this is one that I deal with quite a bit, uh, especially this time of year, is daffodils. Um, and it's also probably one of the first ones that I learned about. It's like, oh, this is a toxic plant that we put all over in our landscape um well it, it really is and so um so daffodils they contain a chemical called lycorine or uh, yeah lycorine um chorine so you, you read these words all the time and you never say them out loud so but but now i yeah lycorine um now lycorine is not necessarily going to kill you i mean if you go and eat a bag full of daffodils maybe that'll be the case but um basically what you're going to get is is like nausea vomiting uh abdominal pain diarrhea you know so so basically just intestinal discomfort um however i definitely learned uh, especially in school when you are handling daffodils uh, the bulbs because uh, we, we plant them now in the fall, so we get the daffodil color in the spring. It's always a good idea to wear gloves, or at the very least, wash your hands really well after handling daffodil bulbs, because there's another protein uh, chemical. It's it's this needle-like shape that if it gets in your like your eyes, um, it can cause like burning, irritation. It can cause temporary blindness. Uh, it can cause some some significant damage to to your eye or you know any other like soft tissue. You know maybe your hands might not feel it as much. It might feel a tingling, but say if you got it, you know around your mouth, um, you know or other sensitive parts of your body. So uh, just watch out for that. Um, daffodils they they can make you sick and they can really hurt your eyes. So so be careful when handling daffodils. Here's just another thing. So it is actually not uncommon for vegetable gardeners to get their onions when they're digging confused with their old daffodil bulbs in the ground. So definitely wouldn't put these in the vegetable garden or <laughs> anywhere where you plant a harvestable root crop. So uh, yeah, because it definitely does happen where people will confuse their daffodil bulbs for onions and then they eat them and then they get really sick. All right. So... Next one I have 
uh, is nightshade or deadly nightshade, also known as devil's cherries. So <laughs> both those names should give you an indication as to what this can do to you. Um, and also called belladonna. So some people may be familiar with that uh, as well. So again, this is another one. All parts of the plants are going to be toxic. Um, they contain tropine alkaloids. Uh, atropine is one, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is actually um, beneficial in the right amount. Um, but some of the symptoms of of being exposed uh, to this plant would be if you ingest it, uh, rapid heartbeat, dilated pupils, uh, delirium, vomiting, hallucinations, uh, and death due to respiratory failure. Um, so with these, I think like a lot of other things, usually the berries or the kind of that reproductive part, are a lot of times the most toxic. Um, and as little as two berries can kill a child, 10 berries is often enough to kill an adult. So you don't need a whole lot of these. Um, to, to cause some some serious damage. Um, handling the plants can cause uh, some dermatitis because those toxins can get into your skin uh, as well. And if you look throughout history, um, this is a one of the preferred plants of dispatching one's foes, especially uh, in, in more ancient times, uh, yeah. so to speak. Medieval, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but like I mentioned before, there are some benefits to this. So this is one where that, that dose makes the poison. Um, for this one, you know, a whole lot is poisonous or not. You don't have to have a tremendous amount to be poisonous, but um, according to the U.S. Forest Service, uh, ophthalmologists use atropine to dilate their patients' pupils for eye exams and surgery. Atropine is also used as an antidote to opium and chloroform poisoning. And various preparations of belladonna are used for lotions, plasters, and salves to relieve pain from sciatica, gout, and cardiac, cardiac palpitations. So... Use a little bit. That's okay. I wouldn't um, self-medicate though. Make sure you got a prescription for all this stuff. Um, but yeah, so there there can be some benefits to these, but again, too much is is going to be a problem, like everything else. Yeah. Don't don't go out and just start eating those berries. I so I've heard those nightshade berries, as you mentioned, you know, two can kill a child. They're actually uh, their initial flavor is is sweet, right. which mm -hmm. can be very uh, uh kind of that can kind of trick the child into thinking like oh this is good i can probably eat another one um and, and in illinois we actually have i think it's like 10 species of nightshade now not not specific there there's deadly nightshade which is its own species which i do think can grow in this part of the country but it might not be the one necessarily found here so um you know if it's in the solanaceae family when I look at it, I see like, oh, this kind of looks like a tomato plant and a pepper plant kind of combined each other. And, um, you know, the leaves kind of are more pepper plant-like. And then the fruit reminds me more of like a, a little tiny cherry tomato. So, uh, but, but stay away from it. Don't touch it. And a lot of them have thorns. And so that's a really good, like another one of those uh, plant warnings, like stay away, that visual cue. Well, my next uh, plant for right now is going to be a, another common landscape one. And, and again, um, you know, Ken, you've chosen a lot of that are just like outright murder you. Um, <laughs> so, but, but this one is, is not as bad, but it does definitely have a history. So this is actually kind of a grouping of plants. It's azaleas and rhododendrons. Um, now, when it comes to toxicity, the entire plant, any part of it, leaf, stem, whatever, is toxic, uh, can cause abdominal pain, paralysis, breathing problems, coma, 
even death, um, you, you do have to eat, you know, a, a significant portion. However, um, there have been uh, noteworthy reports of, of kids and sometimes adults um, because this plant blooms at the same time as honeysuckle and honeysuckle is kind of known for having like a little sweet nectar reserve in the bottom of the flower. Well, people confuse the azalea rhododendron flower for honeysuckle and they actually will suck on the flower and they'll get um, probably not a lethal dose, but definitely something that's going to make you sick. Um, and so these uh, do have uh, a, a family of substances, uh, grayanotoxins that, you know, if you, again, if you have enough of this, it will be fatal. Um, but you do have to, you know, if you're, you, you can make a salad out of it and, and kill someone. But, you know, if you go and you just kind of have a little bit of a leaf munch on, it's not necessarily going to uh, be the end of the world. But pets, children, you know, be really careful around azaleas, rhododendrons, especially when they're blooming in the spring. Can be tempting to pick those those flowers or maybe uh, and sometimes sample them. Um, and and again, just education is is really really important on this plant. Now, the, the rhododendron or azalea has actually got kind of a a history uh, to it. So uh, there is a story where uh, you know armies of fourth century uh, Greece, um, the soldiers actually got poisoned by honey from the azalea plant or uh and it and this is something that has actually been confirmed repeatedly um and so you know there there is definitely this thing is actually called mad honey um now it doesn't necessarily result in death but it it can um now consuming honey where bees have collected pollen and nectar from uh, an azalea rhododendron flower uh, produces effects like low blood pressure, um, can send someone into shock. Um, it can make people uh, become a little bit delusional. Um, and, and that's why they called it mad honey. Um, and so it, it, it can really drive people crazy and, uh, and, it's, and it's dangerous. So uh, if you own and operate a azalea rhododendron farm, not a good idea to have honeybees um, to and sell that to the public. So please don't do that. Um, but yeah, so azalea rhododendron, another very common landscape plant. I have a rhododendron in my own yard. And so it, it does uh, have a lot of those, again, the toxins, the glycosides um, that can affect stomach, intestinal, cardiovascular and so it's kind of a nasty plant. Don't eat it. Stick to iceberg lettuce if you're unsure. And for that honey, I don't know if you know this or not, but like, I would assume that would be, you know, those, those honeybees would be feeding almost exclusively on those azaleas or rhododendrons to get that mad honey. You know, if they're visiting one here and there, I wouldn't think that would be too much, if it, too much of an issue. So if you've got honeybees, you know, and if you have an azalea or rhododendron, I don't, I don't know how concerned you would need to be, but I would imagine not too terribly. No, I, I think the Greek army that was poisoned, I think the honey was made as a weapon. And so okay. can you imagine that being a, a beekeeper and like, hmm, how can I kill all these soldiers? Um, <laughs> has anybody got some rhododendrons I can use? Uh, so yeah, like it, it 
it was used intentionally, I think, in some cases. Um, but yeah, just be careful if you are, you know, have a rhododendron collection. Right, so this next smile, I'll try to get away from this straight up murder you plants here. Um, <laughs> is giant hogweed. And this one, this was in the news. I haven't heard about it, about it as much uh, last few years, but a couple of years ago, I heard quite a bit about it well, when I first started seeing it uh, quite a bit in Illinois. Uh, this is an this is an invasive species. It's a member of the carrot family, um, and and quite a few plants in the carrot family are have some degree of toxicity to them. Um, this one probably takes it to another degree compared to some of them. Uh, this plant can grow to be about anywhere between ten and twenty feet tall, so rather large plant. Uh, it can be biennial, short-lived perennial. Now uh, they have mostly green, hollow stem with reddish purple uh, spots. On them and coarse hairs on the stalk as well. And there's some some other carrot type plants that are going to look similar uh, to this. So identification can get confusing, but typically they're not going to be quite as large. Um, you've got these large flowers that one plant can produce up to 20,000 seeds. Uh, and the dangerous part of these is going to be their sap. They have this clear, watery sap um, that can be a, a skin and eye irritant, um, cause blistering, uh, permanent scarring, and blindness. Um, and then this happens when that, that sap is exposed to light. So you could brush up against a plant, uh, get a little sap on you. Maybe you're in, it's cloudy or shady condition. All of a sudden you're exposed to sunlight. That, that sap's going to react with that sunlight and you'll get this blistering. Um, if you've got enough on you, you can cause permanent scarring, get in your eyes, uh, blindness, uh, things like that. So this is, I think, what was this? Some people with eye dot were doing some weed whacking some highway um, department yeah and and got into some plants and didn't realize it and they'd have their shirts on and got all over their bodies um, when they were whacking it and that just kind of you know if you've ever done a weed whacker just kind of sprays stuff everywhere uh, and got it all over themselves and i, I can't imagine how painful uh, that would have been but <laughs> it's just probably a trip to the hospital um if you get you know all over your your torso and, and stuff like that so this is one if you do notice it you're going to be wanting to make sure you're um wearing protective clothing you know you don't want the stuff to get onto your skin or you know probably maybe even have um you know professional or something come out and deal with it instead of trying to do it yourself so and there's other plants that have this um this phytodermatitis um, when that that sap is exposed to sunlight this isn't the only one but probably the one that gets the most the most attention yeah it's the it's the biggest one as its name implies the giant in the name hogweed and i've heard that those those blistering uh sores they can they can last for what days weeks sometimes months but then even after it that that area of the skin heals it is it can be sensitive to sun for years um you know possibly a lifetime so uh yeah we want to we want to keep this one out of illinois and i think any occurrences that it has happened here in the state, we've managed to control it. But if there's ever a time where someone might encounter this or they well, you want it identified or you know it's giant hogweed, you can call your local extension office, call the Illinois Department of Ag. Um, we can make sure that um, patches of giant hogweed don't spread because if it's like any other carrot, <laughs> they really like the spread. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's yeah, there's twenty thousand seeds of plant that can go get pretty big pretty quick. Yes, yes.
Well, Ken, I feel like we're barely scratching the surface here because there's so many plants that want to kill you. I mean, I know um, one that I, I learned when I was at Missouri Botanical Garden was the castor bean plant, or um, it, this was a plant that, that contains ricin, which is a potent toxin uh, often used in national defense and spies and CIA 007, I think, uses ricin and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's a very, very potent thing. But really pretty plant. And we we put this in the uh, landscape quite a bit as an annual and it grows really tall, has big, beautiful leaves, big, brightly colored uh, flower. And the seed pods are very interesting, almost looks like, you know, cockleburr in a way, but um, but it's softer. But yeah, ricin is contained in that. And then, you know, one more that, that comes to mind that, you know, again, just scratching the surface here of plants that want to kill you. Um, is uh, poison hemlock, you know, that's another relative of giant hogweed in the carrot family. And it, its most notable accomplishment among the many people it has been it killed was also Socrates. It's what he chose to ingest as part of his execution. So um, that, yeah, and it grows all over. <laughs> poison <laughs> hemlock is everywhere in Illinois. Um, so, yep, just keep that in mind. And uh Pretty nasty. Ken, do you have any more uh, murderous plants for us? I've got, I've got one more, and I'm gonna, I can tell you what it is right away. So I'm gonna set the scene here. Um, so this is from the British Medical Journal. So this is kind of a firsthand account that somebody had with this particular plant. We can put the link to this um, article in the show notes too. And so I think this is from 2000, early 2000s, if not the year 2000. Uh, last year, I went on holiday with a non-medical friend to the Caribbean island of Tobago. On the first morning, we found one of these those idyllic deserted beaches, exactly as described in the brochure, white sand, swaying palms, turquoise sea. While searching for exotic shells and coral fragments, I saw some green fruits among the scattered coconuts and mangoes lying on the beach. They were round, the size of a tangerine, and had apparently fallen from a large tree. I rashly took a bite from the fruit and found it pleasantly sweet. My friend also partook at my suggestion. Moments later, we noticed a strange peppery feeling in our mouths, which gradually progressed to a burning, tearing sensation and tightness of the throat. The symptoms worsened over a couple of hours until we could barely swallow solid food because of the excruciating pain and the feeling of a huge obstructing pharyngeal lump. Sadly, the pain was ex exacerbated by most alcoholic beverages, although mildly appeased by pina coladas, but more so by milk alone. Over the next eight hours, our oral symptoms slowly began to subside, but our cervical lymphal nodes became very tender and easily palpable. Recounting our experience to the locals, elicited frank horror and incredulity. Such was the fruit's poisonous reputation. So this is the manchineal tree. Uh, so this is native to uh, South Florida, South Florida, uh, Caribbean islands, um, as well as northern. Uh, South America. So you can see here, kind of a little bit of a nightmare plant. Uh, the manchineal is derived from the Spanish word manzanilla, which means little apple. So then the, the Guinness World Book of World Records has classified this as the most dangerous tree in the world. So again, all parts of it are toxic, including the fruit, like we just heard about. Um, so medical symptoms include contact dermatitis, blistering of the skin, conjunctivitis, and blindness for up to three days and severe gastrointestinal symptoms if ingested. Burning the wood may injure the eyes, and even standing underneath the tree during the rain can cause blistering of the skin due to the sap. Uh, so I saw 
pictures online of they actually have signs in front of trees in some places in South Florida telling people not to sit underneath the trees because you're getting that sap on you. Uh, it's some bad news. Uh, and then um, when, when Spaniards were, were colonizing um, the U.S. and Florida specifically, uh, Juan Ponce de Leon uh, was struck by an arrow um, that was sap of this arrow. The sap of the Manichaeal tree was put on that arrow and eventually died um, from that as well. So the, the conquistadors called it Manzanilla de Muerta, which is the little apple of death. Yo. So if you find yourself in South Florida or the Caribbean or Northern South America, this is probably a tree you want to avoid, but not something we have to worry about in Illinois, unless you're growing it in a greenhouse. And I don't know why you would. <laughs> so, you know, that little thing we've said multiple times on the show here, folks, where it's like, you know, kids don't pick up uh, fruit and eat it. <laughs> so train your kids. Apparently we also have to do that to our doctors um, who in this case just picked <laughs> an apple-like fruit off the ground and ate it. <laughs> and I think it included that they did not eat a very large amount. Like it was just a small bite. Yep. A nibble. Yeah. So, yeah, so don't, well, don't pick up strange fruit and eat it. Moral that's right. Story. That that applies to all of us plants here. Now, I, I mean, I'm a rubber tree, and I'm, I just want you to know I'm mild, mildly toxic. I'll make you sick, but I won't kill you unless you eat like all of me. <laughs> but I'm a tree. That's, so you could say that from probably most of our house plants. They've got some eat the leaves and all the leaves cause you some gastrointestinal distress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even sometimes lettuce. <laughs> Don't eat too much of that. Can make you sick. Oh yeah. Um, well, my goodness, Ken, that was a lot of information about the plants in the world, which is a lot of them that want to. Um, maybe they don't want to, but they have chemical defenses that can help keep people like us from from eating them, or you know using them to scratch our back or something like that so yeah, that's a lot of good information wear protection when you're gardening don't eat strange fruit that's right the moral of the story and if you do call poison control not us that's right don't call extension we are not plant we are we are plant some of us are plant doctors like like ant-man here um but you know we can't give you medical advice so please if you're not feeling well right now Call your doctor. Call poison control. Why are you still listening to this? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, the Good Growing Podcast is a production of University of Illinois Extension and edited this week by me, a rubber tree. Um, and so, well, Ken, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me, uh, enduring that mask, and also talking to a, a plant <laughs> for an hour. This has been one of the more usual <laughs> experiences I've had on this podcast. <laughs> oh, can't wait for next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should uh, we should do this again next week, maybe without the uh, the costumes. Definitely, we shall do this again next time. We are actually going to be joined by our communication specialist, who's also studying um, uh, a plant known as garlic mustard. 
That's another invasive plant out there. And she's got some information to share with us. And uh, also in that episode, we are going to be chatting uh, with Chris Evans. He's our Illinois State Extension Forester. And so Chris and Emily are going to stop by to chat all about garlic mustard. So that should be a fun show. Well, listeners, thank you for doing what you do best. And that is listening. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, watching. And as always, keep on growing and happy Halloween.